0: Welcome to our brand new podcast, The Next Chapter, hosted by ourselves, Kerry Lawless
1: and Shannon Lawless.
0: Our first story we'll be bringing you is an original horror with all the intrigue, written, directed, acted, edited, you name it, by us. Introducing Scale Jurica. Based on real-life events, greatly exaggerated, for your listening terror.
1: We mean pleasure. Find us on all major podcasting platforms, and don't forget to rate, review, and tell all your friends. September 1st, Nightfall. Subject, May Kavanagh. Some people welcome darkness like an old friend, wrapping its protective arms around you and bringing the end to perhaps a long, stressful day and the beginning of soft, sweet dreams. As a child, May used to wake at night and beg for any sunlight to burst through her open blinds to extinguish anything lurking in the inky blackness. And no, it wasn't shadow she was afraid of, even if that's what her mum had said, to ease her own mind. Although she's an adult now, May often still finds herself back in that darkness, or house, to be more exact. Ah, fuck. Not again, she whispered, as a wave of fear rose slowly from her feet, frozen to the cold floors, up through her hands, nails engraved in the wooden arms of the old chair that she may as well be glued to. The darkness has already completely enveloped the hallway where she's held captive, only knowing her eyes are open by the glint of moonlight reflecting through the glass in the back door behind her onto the antique mirror directly in front of her. The hairs on the back of her neck stand on edge as out of the corner of her eye, something ominous begins to demand her attention. Floating across old wooden floors, toes scraping soundlessly behind, as it draws closer, her heart begins to race, pumping through her chest. Silent streams of tears flood her cheeks. She tries to scream, but her voice is mercilessly stolen. An unseen grip tightens around her throat, followed by a sudden sound of quick footsteps. Thank Christ, she's here. She found me again. Waking in a cold sweat, the palms of her hands red and sore from clenching her fists in her sleep, she quickly got up and turned the lights on throughout the empty box up flat and then decided coffee would be a good idea. Thankful she drank her coffee black due to the move she hadn't bought any milk, but she had remembered to leave a mug out for herself just in case another episode was to occur. She'd realised earlier in her younger years that it's best to get up, watch something comforting, and stay awake when this happened, which was getting more and more recent. It was particularly hard to shift the details of tonight's horror scenes, and that was because deep down she knew this was different. The details were too specific. The feeling was all too familiar. This wasn't a nightmare, or night terror, or whatever you want to call it. This was a memory, a memory she had known all too well, and one of many she had tried hard to repress.
0: September 1st, Nightfall, subject, Lily Cavanaugh. The dream home was old, coming up on 200 years to be precise, the entire dwelling heaved with energy. It seemed to breathe. Anywhere that stood this long creaks and cracks with its own soundtrack, it's normal, natural even. But this slow cracking echoed unnaturally in the room's heavy atmosphere. Frozen against the sheets dampened with fear. Lily's body splayed across the bed, pressed hard against the headboard, her neck crooked uncomfortably, as if held violently to the mattress, leaving only a single corner of the room visible. It's not real. Sleep paralysis It's just a dream, she promised herself. You know how this works, concentrate, focus on your fingers don't focus your eyes. But that's not possible. It's there. You know it's there. Her senses burned with the onslaught of lavender and rotting flesh, a sickeningly sweet combination that churned her gut. Unwilling as they were, her eyes began to drift to the rippling dark corner. Her heart felt like it might explode. She was almost sure it would, The long shadow reaching the full height of the room bellowed its horrific clicking, dragged breath. Louder. 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 It's not real.
1: It's not real.
0: The shadow's bellow poured across the room, reaching a crescendo so loud her ears will bleed. Any moment she would feel the warm trickle. She was so sure she'd bet her life. At its deafening peak, silence slammed into the room, almost as ear-splitting as the noise had just been. The shadow pulsed and dropped to the floor. Flat at first, the rippling slowed and the creature pulled itself into a more solid mass. She stopped breathing. Or maybe she hadn't been breathing this whole time. The collapsed creature awkwardly stretched out its hand on the wooden floor jerking unnaturally as it pulled itself forward, crossing through the moonlight that spilled in from the window to punish her eyes with further detail. The long fingers scraped against the oak. They were too long. Way too long. The shadowy demon dragged itself closer. The rotting scent was so thick in the air now, it could be tasted. She sucked in a breath fighting the urge to regurgitate and forced the putrid air back out with every ounce of might she had, summoning her voice. Her scream pierced the silence and she felt her body slump. She felt her body slump. She could move. She slid cautiously, barely a move wasted to the edge of the bed and placed the foot clammy against the varnished wood. She would launch herself up off the bed and run straight out the open bedroom door. Pushing her weight onto the ball of her foot to go, the shadow suddenly spilled forward, moving faster now with purpose. Its icy, elongated fingers closed tightly around her ankle. It pulled aggressively, twisting its elbows upwards with a final stretch, is settled on top of her. It's breath hot against her top lip. The stench combined with the crushing weight, or maybe just the terror, that overwhelmed every atom in her body, lost the battle against the regurgitation, and the remnants of dinner, half-digested, spewed across the comforter as she turned her head. The icy fingers of both the creature's hands enveloped her head, tight, too tight, but almost immediately loosened, and gently began to stroke, awkwardly, unnaturally, like a beast of the underworld unnervingly trying to imitate a mother's touch, its jerky movements matting the hair to her sweaty forehead. She felt her equilibrium sway. As if struck with a strong vertigo, her mind pulled further back. It felt like being dragged under water. She swayed under the all-consuming pressure and sank deeper and deeper into the ocean of blackness. Until there was nothing.
1: September 2nd. Daylight. Subject, May Kavanagh. May took a sip of her coffee. Ugh, cold already? How long have I been watching this show? The reruns of Gilmore Girls had gone on a break. Or so she'd thought. And too lazy to get up and grab the remote, she decided it was easier to just wait for the ads to be over. Only she hadn't realised that it was the shopping channel that had been on for a half an hour now. A message appeared on her phone. It's moving day. You better be all packed up and ready to get your arse down here. Call me when the movers are finished. Kiss. It was from Lily. May was moving down the country to be closer to her sister. Get out of the city smoke and get some fresh air, is what her sister had said. A fresh start more like, thought May. The nightmares were only the beginning of the past, making its presence known again. And Lily had always looked after her, more like a mother than a sister. She felt now more than ever she needed Lily to help her take control again, and set her in the right direction. Whoop whoop! I'm all sorted. Me and my arse will be annoying you face to face by the end of the day. Can't wait, she tapped back. Oh shite, is that the time? She exclaimed, catching a glimpse of the time on her phone. 10am, sure the movers will be here in half an hour. i better get dressed. She whipped off her mismatched PJs and threw on something more presentable. Joggers. Once the movers had been and gone... She called Lily to reassure her that she was still moving down. Yes, I'm leaving soon. Uh-huh. Five minutes. Promise. It is all packed. Yeah, I'm double-checking as we speak. Oh? Thank God you called to mammy me. Nearly forgot my millions hidden under the floor. Ah, <laughs> Yeah. Go on. Love you too. Bye. Bye. Bye-bye-bye-bye-bye-bye-bye. Hanging up the phone, she took one last walk around her small flat. It might have been cramped and lacking natural light with its green carpet and red curtains from God knows what era, but to her, it was her safe space. She'd rented that flat for the last four years, and it had served her well. That was until the memories started to come back, along with other strange happenings, but that might be down to her medication. At least that's what her doctor had told her at the last appointment. That's another thing she would have to sort out once she got settled. May made a mental note and then decided to add that note to her phone with a reminder because she would definitely forget as soon as she stepped out the front door. She sat in her old reliable silver Nissan Micra ready to start her new life. Mirrors, check. Seatbelt, check. "'Purse, phone, coffee for the long drive. Check.' She looked around, confused. What was she forgetting? "'Keys!' It took her a few seconds, but she found them, jangling in the front door. It was a long drive, and she found herself lost a few times. May's indicators flashed as she panicked to get into the right lane. Her turn was coming up, and she wasn't paying attention to the signs, clearly stating... Wicklow, next exit, until the last minute. I know, I know, I'm an Egypt, and you're so very kind, letting me in, even though you've plenty of room. She rolled her eyes but then waved politely at the man in his early fifties, driving the flashy car with the top down. Mustn't feel the cold when you're having a midlife crisis, she thought, as she turned up her own heating to make a point, if only to herself. Hey Siri, turn on some Fleetwood math. As she listened to the melody of Tell Me Lies, she started to get a feeling in the pit of her stomach. The song reminded her of her mom. They would dance around the kitchen with the greatest hits blaring, picturing them both now twirling each other. The sunlight beaming in through the white curtains, she remembered tracing her fingers over the embroidered flowers and the smell of bleach from her mum cleaning the house top to bottom. Saturday was always the big clean-up day she remembered with fondness, and it was on that day they would dance together when all the work was done. It was coming up to her mum's anniversary, and maybe that was why these memories and feelings were being dredged up again. May shook her head as if to shake her thoughts away, and took a deep breath. Actually, Siri, turn music off she ordered as she switched the radio on in the car. Through squinted eyes, she read the oncoming signs. Bollyanna na she. That's me, she chirped. This time, she had plenty of room to turn off. The drive up to her sister's house made her feel serene. The sky was a mix of purple and amber as the dusk approached over the countryside. As the car drove steadily along, the ocean was peeking up, just past the fields. It looked so peaceful and still. She could smell the salty air as she drew in a deep breath. This is just what I need. Then she pulled up to Lily's recently purchased house. Her sister was obsessed with old period property. She had searched for well over a year for this one. It was built in the mid 1800s, and as May drove slowly up to the Victorian Georgian style home, She was in awe at the sight of it. It stood proud and strong, with green ivy covering half its old white-bricked front. The door had been painted red to add some vibrancy and warmth. It certainly did the job. May pulled up past the glass greenhouse at the side of the newly planted veggie garden and got out of her car. Well, excuse me, she chortled to herself. I suppose it'll have to do. Just then, she saw Lily upstairs at the window. Well, hello, Lady Lily of the Manor, she yelled in her thick Northside Dublin accent. Are you going to let me in or what? Suddenly the door burst open.
0: There you are. I thought you got lost or something.
1: The movers dropped your stuff off ages ago. Lily gave her a squeeze. I'm glad you're here. Me too. And she returned the cuddle. Come on, get in here. I have a nice cold glass of gin waiting for you. And a big dirty Chinese? Asked May with a smirk on her face. Go on then, why not? Hang on, where did I put my phone? Lily said while searching her pockets. Pop left it upstairs before you answered the door. Upstairs? I wasn't upstairs.
0: I was in the kitchen getting your drink ready. Then who's upstairs? Lily's face dropped. I Don't start messing, May. You. You're only here five minutes.
1: No, I swear I saw someone. Sure, I waved up like a gobshite. Is there anyone else here? laughed May. No, just us.
0: Lily looked ill. I sure are probably just tired after the drive, and then with the sun setting, it's tricky the light messing with your eyes. Anyway, let's order the food.
1: I'm starving. It sounded like she was trying to convince herself more than May. He was happy to play along and open to the distraction. While the girls waited on their food to arrive, Lily thought it would be a good time for a quick house tour. It was even bigger on the inside. And this is your room. Ta-da! She was so excited to show her sister the room she'd done up for her.
0: It's not finished yet, but I did manage to put a fresh lick of paint over
1: the old magnolia. The room was a beautiful pastel country blue. "'with white finishings and a fresh white bed linen. "'Ah, Lily, you didn't have to do that. "'Sure, I would have been grand with anything, but it's stunning. "'Is that the sea? Do I have a sea view?' "'There was a big bay window overlooking the back garden, "'which was more like a back field, "'and she could just about separate the waves from the navy sky, "'but surely it was still classed as a sea view. "'It was to her anyways.' Right at the end of the garden, there was a small cottage, probably used for the caretaker in the past. It certainly looked old, with its cobbled stone walls and thatched roof. Turning to ask if anyone lived there, a sudden flicker of light caught her attention. From the corner of her eye, a light blinked, as if a light bulb was dying. Knowing there was no way the lights could be turning themselves on and off in the old cottage, she blinked hard and decided to definitely make an appointment with her doctor tomorrow.
0: September 2nd, daylight. Subject, Lily Cavanagh. Lily woke groggy and dazed the next morning, fighting the urge to fall back into unconsciousness. Late! I'll be so fucking late. Her mind spun and her senses settled on the pungent aroma of vomit, quickly followed by the sticky texture she lay in. What the actual fuck? She stood, disgusted as she surveyed the bed covers and her own oversized old t-shirt she'd thrown on the night before. She glanced across the room, searching for her reflection in the giant antique mirror that rested against the wall great that's just wonderful the sarcasm filled her mind leaving just enough room for confusion she stepped closer to the mirror pushing the matted hair from her face ever so careful not to look in the eyes she stripped the bedclothes, rolling them into a pile and pushed the window up as wide as it would open the frame groaned with the force Picking up the putrid pile, she headed down to the laundry room and stuffed the washing machine. She slipped the t-shirt overhead and added it to the wash. Desperate for a shower, she noted the time on the clock as she made her way down a further step and into the bathroom. Better make this quick, her inner monologue chastised. May will be here in less than an hour and my perfectly planned schedule didn't account for midnight stomach bugs and waking to a fucking crime scene. She pushed the button and the shower burst into action, the noise drowning the closed space. Allowing the warm comfort of the water to cascade down her back, she washed her hair. Twice. Once for the lumps of food and once for the smell. She quickly pulled on her scrubby gloves, hands gliding over her body and down to her legs. Ouch! Lifting a foot onto the side of the bat, she inspected the source of pain running her fingers over a dark purple ring that encased her ankle. She spread apart her index finger and thumb, wrapping her hand around to perfectly match the sensitive imprint. A cracking groan wilted through the heavy hum of the electric shower. The groan grew as if trying to overthrow the shower's noise. She turned and stood to attention, slamming the palm of her hand into the off button. The noises invading the room ceased immediately, only the sound of the showerhead dripping its final drops around her toes. Her breaths came fast and her heart rate peaked as she concentrated her efforts into forcing shadowy images from her mind. Fever dreams go hand in hand with vomiting bugs, that's all, that's it. Her monologue was unfeeling, firm. Crouching down onto her knees, she shook the fleeting visions from her head and accepted her monologue's orders. Cupping the water that had gathered in the bath from the shower, she splashed it over her body, rinsing the remaining suds. She would indulge her monologue's debunking, but the shower and the noise was staying off. Returning to the scene of the crime upstairs, She was pleasantly surprised as fresh air from the open window danced across her bare shoulders. Mindlessly, she pulled black leggings and a black top from the heavy oak drawer. Sitting back on the bare mattress to pull her everyday dark uniform on, she pulled the soft cotton socks, higher than usual, being careful to cover her ankle. Turning her head to the side, she surveyed the area to be sure it was hidden from sight. Her eyes focused beyond the foot, to the wooden floorboards, immediately next to the bed. Five long, deep scratches travelled the full length of the bed, trailing off as they curved around the end of the frame. She frowned, anger beginning to bubble under her skin, and grabbed at the bedpost, firmly pulling it over a couple of inches to conceal the eerie engravings. I don't have time for fucking fairy tales or horror stories or whatever the fuck this is. She called out to the empty room.
1: September 2nd Nightfall Subject May Kavanagh May jolted upright in her new bed dripping in a cold sweat. The dream was back and the inky dragging figure had gotten closer than ever. The light from her phone was blinding as she tried to check the time. 3am on the button. Scooching back down into the covers, phone in hand, she searched for an easy TV show on her favourite streaming site to ease her back asleep when the blinking started again. Walking slowly over to the window and looking out in the depths of darkness that covered the land like a thick black fog, she could clearly see the light was coming from the cottage, and this time she was going to find out what else was out there. Stay tuned for next week's edition, Slang
0: Slang of Fall.